everybody, and welcome to the Wedge Bench. That's different. I'm going to keep <laughs> going, everybody, where friends sit and talk about fabulous fictional females and how their stories have influenced us throughout our lives. My name is Fonda. And my name is Allison. And today, Allison's going to be talking about female characters from Letterkenny. Yeah! <laughs> It's a Canadian TV show, correct? Sure is. Yeah. Yay, yeah. Canada. Talking about a show from Canada for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm done with that bit. Please, Allison, tell me, what are we talking about? Yes, so many people might be wondering, what is Letterkenny? And I have the answer for you. <laughs> great, great sales pitch. <laughs> So Letterkenny is a Canadian sitcom that follows the residents of a small rural community in Ontario that is loosely based on one of the creator's hometown. It started as a YouTube series called Letterkenny Problems. Crave picked it up as a full-time show in March 2015. There are so far eight seasons. Each season has been six episodes with a special in the middle all except for season eight that had seven episodes because they didn't film a special. Ah. And season nine starts on December 25th of 2020, which by the time this comes out will have already passed. (laughs) It is a very meme-based comedy format. So there's a lot of repeated jokes, a lot of uh, joke structure that is the same. And a lot of the comedy comes from situations and physical acting. One of the characters, Wayne, the way he moves is very kind of deliberate and fast and almost robotic. Mm. And it's very funny to watch, but trying to explain it and like tell people what it is. It's it's a lot of the things that I'm going to talk about are hard to explain why it is that they're funny, but it's just it's just funny in my (laughs) opinion. Some people might not find it that way, but I do. Many of the characters in the show play on small town stereotypes and simple archetypes. So it makes you feel like you know the person or know a person like that. Such as a character known as Joint Boy, who smokes weed. Oh, (laughs) Joint Boy. Okay, I was like, is there something wrong with like his joints and his body? No, (laughs) no. <laughs> um, and he looks like an MMA fighter. So he's got these big tree trunk legs and he's all muscly and he fights a lot. And I used to take kickboxing from that guy. Every time I watched a show, I'm like, holy shit, that looks like my old kickboxing instructor. <laughs> so it's, they do a really good job at capturing the characters in a very easily applicable way that you you kind of are like oh like these are my friends <laughs> like i'm gonna go hang out with my friends from letter kenny <laughs> so it's it's weird that way but i like it uh, okay uh, the show is pretty offensive and definitely gets away with more than it should <laughs> oh. because because it's just so endearing and like it's kind of in an all-in-good-fun sort of way but i would kind of liken the offensive nature to Not even necessarily be as bad as something like South Park, where South Park is being intentionally offensive. Mm. Like, they're just kind of being stereotypically offensive. But it's it's hard to explain. And some as far as that goes, you kind of just have to watch it. Do they get get backlash (laughs) because of it then? Not really. Or at least not in the spaces that I exist online, because I don't really go looking for that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people that I know like it, it reminds me of... Other Canadian comedy shows such as Trailer Park Boys and Corner Gas and even Schitt's Creek. Okay. Like, so it, it kind of blends together this sort of at-home comedy of Canada that like Trailer Park Boys could definitely be seen as offensive in many of the episodes. And so it's kind of that level of, of offense. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Continue, my friend. Um, completely unrelated to anything really to do with the story, but a fact that I know Fonda will love. Oh! The emblem for the show is like a German shepherd. And it opens a lot with the character Wayne saying something while holding or being surrounded by German shepherds ranging anywhere from puppies to adults. <laughs> So it's very cute because Wayne is a pretty stereotypical, like, hot farmer kind of vibe to him. <laughs> okay. And then with all the puppies around him, it's just, it's very cute. Aww. <laughs> 
after binge watching all eight seasons, the the accents and the way that they speak kind of have like leaked into my brain and they are now living there rent free. And sometimes they come out in vocalizations basically against my will. (laughs) (laughs) So to explain this for anybody who's seen this, these will all make sense for anybody who hasn't. Check out some clips. They show how many times they repeat these phrases over and over and over again. And it just it just sticks in there somehow. They just do it. So it just it just happens. Cool. So one of them is the other day. <laughs> the other day. So it's, you were hanging out with your friends the other day. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> or hard no. That's a big one. <laughs> to be fair. How you now? Hi. How are you now? Oh, how are you now? Okay. How are you now? (laughs) With with the response of good and you or not so bad and you. So I say, how are you now to people sometimes? And it just happens. (laughs) I've never said that before in my life. Uh, (laughs) And now I say it all the time. And the last one is pitter patter, which is like, let's get going. Like, get at her. Like, Kind of thing. So they're oh. like, pitter-patter, Fonda. Like, come on, pick it up. Like, let's go. <laughs> okay, okay. Pitter-patter is like slight rain, like, taking its time. Kind um, of like, that's what I'm doing, so I need to hurry it up. Well, it started out as a longer phrase and then just shortened. It started out as pitter-patter, let's get at her. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then it just shortened to pitter-patter. Cool. Yeah, so those just, they live there, and they get stuck in their accent, and it's just this, like, very, like, Ontario, Eastern Canada kind of farmer drawl, and it's great. (laughs) Gotcha. So before we, like, super get into the women, I'm going to take us on a quick detour to touch on some of the big name characters and locations that I will be mentioning later. Okay. The show's main focus is Wayne and Katie, siblings who run a small farm and produce stand with the help of Daryl and Squirrely Dan. This group is known as The Hicks, like capital T, capital H. A big theme of the show is fighting. So there's lots of fist fights. They treat it as kind of an old-fashioned way to solve their problems, and it's rarely continued to be considered like a personal offense. After the fight, most often everybody just shakes hands and moves on. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, we disagree, and we're going to throw down, and the winner wins. And Wayne always wins. He's like the best fighter in Letter Kenny. And he's the main guy? He's the main guy. Okay. Yeah. And so people will come to him and be like, I think I'm the toughest guy in Letter Kenny. But it's always Wayne. <laughs> it's always Wayne. It's always Wayne. <laughs> then there are the hockey players named Riley and Jonesy. Katie has an on-again, off-again polyamorous relationship with them. Oh! They are very dim, but... The character arc of all of these characters is really weird, and I've come to love Riley and Jonesy. I didn't like them at the beginning of the show, but I do like them now. Um, there's a term online that I think really encapsulates them, and it's himbo. <laughs> they're, they're, they're boy bimbos. So they're kind of dumb, but they're sweet, and... <laughs> uh, oh, it works. Himbo. <laughs> Another group is The Skids. Basically, a bunch of burnouts and drug addicts. They're really weird. They talk about cooking meth all the time, and they have, like, dance parties in a parking lot. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, it's... (laughs) These are all, like, small-town stereotypes, so a lot of times you do have that, like, that group of kind of, like, weird drug addicts. It's it's strange, but it's a thing. It's fine. (laughs) Got it. Got it. Cool. We also have the members of the nearby First Nation Reserve that are referred to in the show as The Natives, capital T, capital N. And one of our fabulous fictional females is Tannis, a super badass woman from this group. Ooh. Yes. They return in many episodes, sometimes as enemies and sometimes as allies of The Hicks. (laughs) There's also... (laughs) Among the other characters, there is a very flamboyant and closeted minister, a raunchy bartender, Mennonites, Quebecois, a very horny husband and wife, a women's hockey team that wins more than the men's, and those D-gens from upcountry. Oh, it's like, at first, I'm not gonna lie, I thought you said, like, D-gens as in, like, DJs, and I was like, I don't... No. I don't get the... 
But shorthand for degenerates. Got it. Got it now. <laughs> Clicked in. Yeah. Took, took like five seconds. <laughs> yes. So it's a very colorful group. The show is like each episode is like 20 minutes. It's so quick. And it's just rapid fire comedy constantly because it kind of plays up on that. You would assume that small town farmers and stuff were kind of slow and stupid, but they're actually all very quick witted and they like snap back at each other. And it's, it's very funny, like fast paced comedy, which is entertaining <laughs> to me. <laughs> to you. Uh, so first I'm going to touch on four honorable mentions of female characters. And then oh. we're going to get in to Katie and Tannis. Okay. My two top ladies and the two main women in the story. Okay. Arguably. I'm ready. I consider them to be the two main women. So we are going to start with a character named Mrs. McMurray. Oh. She is married to a character that they just call McMurray. And so they don't really have first names, but it's fine. Her character loves gin and tonic almost as much as she loves fucking. Oh. <laughs> her and her husband have an agreed upon open relationship and they are often trying to bring other residents of Lennarketty into the lifestyle. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> so they're very sex positive. They are. <laughs> they flirt and do a lot of PDA, which borders on inappropriate. And then sometimes just jumps off the cliff into just straight up depravity. <laughs> oh my God. Like, there was an episode where there was a talent contest and McMurray dressed up as Santa and she dressed up as like a schoolgirl, and it was extremely oh, inappropriate. No. And oh dear, her and Katie actually had an encounter at a St. Patty's Day event in the bathroom. Oh <laughs> yes. Oh. So it's Mrs. McMurray, lover. She's like drunk all the time. There's a running joke that she's way too hot for McMurray, and that he just doesn't deserve her. But they're perfect for each other. And it's a <laughs> it's a weirdly good relationship. And I love it. Aww. Then we have Bonnie McMurray. So she is the sister of McMurray. Okay. Is she also very... Uh, she's pretty sex positive. And all, all of these women are going to be very sex positive. It's kind of just a thing. <laughs> this character gets her own intro joke. Kind of like Kramer. When he like comes in the door. But when she comes on screen... Most of the male characters kind of just stop and say, Bonnie McMurray. <laughs> okay. She's very pretty and she's young and she's super nice. She has a huge crush on Wayne, but because he's a good old boy, he believes she is far too young for him. Um, I think he says, like, you got to let the paint dry on that a bit. <laughs> Something along those lines. Oh. <laughs> then he's okay. just like, no, <laughs> too young for me. It's not explicitly stated, but she definitely seems to be bisexual since she has shown interest in Katie as well as other boys. Okay. So you said she's... Wayne's like, she's too young for me. So is she underage or is she just like younger by like five years? And he's like, I gotta wait a bit. It kind of, there's no like explicit statements on age, but it seems like Wayne is probably in his early to mid thirties and Bonnie is like coming back from college. So she's in her like early twenties. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just wanted yeah. some context. Thank you. No, she, she's like a bartender sometimes and she's, she's good shit. I love Bonnie. Next, we have a character named Gay, G-A-E, hmm. and she is a rebellious anarchist who joins in with the Skid group. <laughs> she was actually sent to Leonard Ketty as punishment for poor behavior, and her and one of the Skids named Stuart end up having a pretty wild relationship. Like, oh. there's some point where he's, like, tied up to a bed behind a curtain, and... Oh, <laughs> like... my God! <laughs> She's like, just wait... <laughs> Oh my! So very, <laughs> very powerhouse, very open-minded. Dear Lord. Her and the skids kind of have a very, as I mentioned, anarchist outlook on life. A quote from her that kind of became a bit of a mantra for her and Stuart is, I hate the world, I hate my parents, I hate myself. Oh. <laughs> but it's in like an empowering way. I don't okay. know. <laughs> Last of the honorable mentions is a character named Gail. So, <laughs> G 
Gail is the bartender at Modine's, their local bar. And she is extremely crass. Like, extremely crass. And she's constantly talking about sex and making very out there and obvious innuendos <laughs> that are like barely an innuendo. It's practically just saying the thing. Yeah, oh, okay. Right. <laughs> it's practically just saying the thing. It's really hard to explain because this is one of the characters that like captures that physical comedy kind of joke. Okay. But she's constantly like gyrating and like not quite twitching. She like moves her hips around and she kind of like has her legs spread apart when she's standing all the time. So is she like constantly doing like the hula hoop without the hoop? It's not that specific because it's very random so it's like all parts of her body and she kind of just like (laughs) it's really hard to explain it's weird and it kind of makes you uncomfortable but then you kind of love her for it Mm. and (laughs) (laughs) it would make you uncomfortable Fonda let's put it this way (laughs) good to know good to know and Gail like many of the women in Letterkenny also has the hots for Wayne (laughs) Is Wayne just like the catch? He in Letterkenny. Okay, he's a good old boy. He's a gentleman. He always dresses real nice. Uh, he's a hard worker. He's attractive. <laughs> he's the best fighter in Letterkenny. He's just he's good shit. <laughs> um, how do I want to say this? She also apparently had a sexual relationship with Wayne and Katie's ninety-year-old uncle. <laughs> A what? So Wait. yeah, she's got like oh yeah oh that um, makes me personally uncomfortable. I mean, she's she's a very sexually open woman. She talks about her pleasures a lot, and it's <laughs> it's like she is TMI encapsulated <laughs> always, one hundred percent of the time, always too much information. Got it, got it. Very rarely do we get to see a woman be this vulgar on screen, and I like it. (laughs) It's great. No, I was going to say, like, in general, I'm not a person who likes vulgar comedy. Yeah. No matter the gender or sex of the person, I just don't like it. But more often than not, in a lot of stuff I remember seeing that made me very much like, oh, I'm uncomfortable, a lot of the vulgar stuff would come from male characters. Yeah, so I think like, cool, you know, make other people uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't always have to be a man that makes someone uncomfortable. It can be a woman being like, this is me. I'm living in it. And you might think it's vulgar and that's fine. Yep. To really like bring home just how ridiculous Gail is. In the episode I had mentioned where they had a talent contest, Mm -hmm. she reenacts a monologue from her favorite movie, which happens to be a pornographic film titled Glad He Ate Her XXX. Oh, my. (laughs) And Katie, I think it's Katie who says that she actually did a really good job. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Sorry. I mean. It's great. Fuck. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> so those are those are like my four honorable mentions. They're fun. They're ridiculous. I love it. And now we're gonna get into Tannis. Tannis. <sighs> Tannis. Tannis is. I love Katie, but she takes like a a slight second Ooh. to Tannis. Tannis is my favorite female character, but Katie being the main character, I'm gonna talk about her last because she has more to talk about. Okay. Tannis, whenever I see that she's in an episode, I'm like, fuck yeah, this is going to be a great episode. I'm going to love it. Tannis is played by Kenyetio Horn, an indigenous Canadian actress. She, in the show, is referred to many as Auntie Tannis. She is rough around the edges, a no-nonsense, like, confident, fabulous, badass leader. (laughs) She's very community-oriented, but sometimes in a way that is troublesome oh for example she sells cigarettes also known as darts in the show and to many people in canada to letter kenny so because they get it for cheaper on the reservation they then sell them to letter kenny to make profit mm. but she uses that money to improve the lives of the other people on the rest okay which is really cute mm-hmm. she also 
at one point puts mics in the hockey players' helmets so that she can stream their trash talk while they're playing hockey. Why would she um, do that? It's an interesting thing on YouTube. I think a lot of people enjoy watching that because then, like, in smaller hockey, that's kind of a big thing where they trash talk each other, I guess. Oh, uh, okay. this is kind of taken from a part of internet culture that I think has more to do with the youths that I am no longer a part of. <laughs> the youths of today. And the best part is... Tannis also doesn't understand it. (laughs) (laughs) So you're like, I connect with this woman. She just does it because she is trying to keep her little cousins off the streets because this is something that they're interested in. So she's Mm -hmm. like, you know what? I'm going to try and like take part in this and give them more content and stuff that they can engage with and keep them interested in hockey. So very cute. Got a, got a wholesome re- logic behind those choices. Yes. She's also a very good cook. She holds cookouts for a lot of different people from her community, and she invites the hicks out and stuff like that, and it's cute. Aw. Is, um... Yeah. I'm not sure, uh, just because I know it's different from different First Nations communities and bands in Canada, um, but the one that she's from... Do they show Bannock in the show? Like her cooking Bannock or like any of the people? I think at some point they do. Um, in one episode, two of her kind of main guys that she hangs out with a lot in her group are enticed away by these other women who are giving them sex because Tannis doesn't like fuck everybody. Uh, but these girls were like, mm, come over here, like be a part of our gang kind of thing. And Tannis is like, the way to a man's heart is not through a zipper, it's through his stomach. And so she cooks this like huge cookout and the boys are just like, oh, we want to go over there and eat Tannis's food because <laughs> it smells so good. And then these other girls who are fucking them are really bad at cooking. <laughs> so they end up leaving and, and coming back to Tannis and she's like, come back to me. Like, I will welcome you back. I'm not going to hold it against you. I promise. <laughs> She's great. <laughs> Love it. Okay. But cool, I think cool. it does show her cooking a couple of those things. One night, Wayne actually comes to one of these cookouts and he sticks around because she cooks her steak the exact same way that he does. Oh. And they end up hooking up. And eventually they kind of date a little bit, which is very <gasps> cute. After her kind of initial more one night stand before her and Wayne actually start having a relationship, it turns out that she actually got pregnant. And so Um, when she calls and she tells Wayne that she's pregnant, he's like, what do you want to do? Because he's a gentleman and he's awesome. And she decides that she wants to have an abortion. And she goes, so she goes and gets one. And then the next time she sees Wayne, he's like, how are you doing? She's like, I'm okay. And he just like supported her through that. And she was just like, I don't want a kid. It's not my thing right now. I can't do it. And it wasn't made a huge deal of in the show, which I kind of love too, because it's very much this show does a good job at kind of normalizing women talking about sex and like abortions and those kinds of things. It's like that stuff does happen more often than people are willing to talk about. Mm-hmm. And it was great. She just went and did it, and Wayne was like, All you, it's your body. I respect your autonomy. Aww. Yeah. They do, as I mentioned, they do eventually date, but it kind of doesn't work out. She's a little bit. She's a little too rough around the edges for him. He's very much, because he is such a gentleman, he kind of wants a lady, but not in the, like, I'm going to shut my mouth and not talk back to you, but more in, like, proper sort of decorum. Like, Tannis burps a lot and kind of is, like, one Uh. of the guys kind of feeling, and he just... They just don't fit together that way, which is perfectly fine. And it's it's funny because, like, when they break up, they're just like, you know what? Like, we're not really meant to be together. And Tannis is like, still want to fuck? And then they go and have breakup sex. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> which I think is awesome. <laughs> she sounds... I can see why you like her. I totally get why you like her. You're yeah. definitely into a uh, character, <laughs> especially a female character, that's like confident in their decisions they are like a wholeheartedly good person they might be rough around the edges but like their actions are at the end of the day because of like you know something that you would consider sweet yeah and you yourself are very um pro-sex positivity and 
I so it totally makes sense why you like her. Yeah, yeah. Actually, before like when her and Wayne first hook up, she literally just like grabs him by the fucking pants. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> and like, it's very clear. Like she she does not give mixed signals, <laughs> and it's great. It's perfect. I love it. She's upfront. She's also super clever. At one point, Wayne stops them from selling the cigarettes in Letterkenny. But because that's like one of the biggest ways that Tannis gets money for helping her community, she's trying to convince him to let them sell again. And so she comes down and she's like, look at all the people you're helping. And she trots out like a little kid. And then she trots out like an old man. And then she brings out a three-legged dog. And he's just oh! like, oh! Oh, and like that's just so the way it Wayne's heart. And he's like, he's holding back. He's like, no, no, you're not allowed. And then she brings out a second three legged dog. <laughs> and he's like, oh my god. The dog. Like, I, I have to help you. Aww. So it's great. Because she's just like, I know, I know how I can convince you. <laughs> you're a man who supports the animals. And he loves, loves the good dogs. loves the puppers. <laughs> I always feel like most people, like if someone likes a dog, more often than not, I'm like, okay, deep down you're a good person. Yeah. Like that could be false, but most people I have met in my life... If they like dogs and treat dogs well, yeah, then you know they're a good, they're a good person. Yeah, like if you hate dogs, it's like mm, I'm gonna judge you a little harsher. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep my eye on you. Like hating a dog, like if you're like, oh, dogs just aren't for me. I'll be like, I get that. Yeah, you know, that's maybe different. you're allergic. Maybe you had a bad experience. I get it. But if someone hates dogs or has a dog and is a bad owner, yeah, I'm like, ugh. <laughs> I'm going to squint, squint yeah. my eyes and judge you yep. harshly. So the fact that uh, Wayne is just <laughs> a sucker. He loves them so much. He's... At one point, Katie convinces him to go to the city because she's like, we could stop at the SPCA and play with the puppies. And he's like, oh, ah, I mean, <laughs> so Wayne is so sweet. I love him so I much. I like him more now because of this dog story. Yes. <laughs> with the three-legged puppers. So one of my favorite Tannis episodes is season five, episode three, Hard Right J. Oh. In this episode, the sports team, the Letterkenny Chiefs, have decided to change their name. Something no one in town gives a shit about. (laughs) But a white nationalist shows up to try and protest it. This character is named Jay, and he is played by Jay Baruchel, another pretty popular Canadian actor. And comedian and creator. Comedian. Jay makes his rounds through all of our recurring characters, trying to win people over to his cause and failing spectacularly. (laughs) When he tries to reason with Riley and Jonesy, who are now coaching the girls' hockey team, the Letterkenny Shamrockettes, the boys say the name isn't very PC. (laughs) So he's like, they're like, yeah, like, why not change it? And then two of the female hockey players proceed to kind of riff on how sexist a name like the Shamrockettes is and how you can't just slap et on the end of a name and have it be for the ladies team. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, yep. And then one of them jokes, what the hell is a Shamrockette anyways? A leaf with tits? (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, This joke is brought back later in a funny little background thing where they sort of focus on the leaderboard for the hockey teams where all of the other teams that they're playing against kind of just have et on the name such as the bulldogettes the caribouettes the royalettes and the alouettes oh my god (laughs) it's so confusing it's it's just a funny little background thing that i noticed and nick missed and i was like oh wait go back and so we rewound and we read them all Having failed to recruit any townsfolk, Jay meets up with his alt-right buddies at the field, where all of them are wearing white polos and khakis, and they have tiki torches. Ah, yes. Tiki torches. When no one else is there, they wonder whose idea the name change was, at which point Tannis speaks up and says, ours. And she is standing there with her group, 
and they're all looking intimidating. <laughs> and then she says, sup, Nazis. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Which is very blunt of her, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jay then proceeds to attempt to win them over and curry favor with them by finding common ground. It does not go well. You can watch this whole clip on YouTube. It is fucking perfection. Uh, this is actually one of the first clips that brought Letter Kenny to my attention. Oh, and I was like, so that I started watching more. Like I'd always kind of known about it and seen like a couple of the Letter Kenny problems, but this was the first clip that really made me be like, I want to watch that show oh. because it was awesome and she's so cool. Oh, so obviously, after this conversation doesn't go well Mm -hmm. once tannis loses her patience a brawl ensues with the hicks helping out the natives and tannis gets to punch jay in the face Woo! punching people in faces perfect yes i don't condone violence but i mean but yes punch nazis (laughs) in the face (laughs) i don't condone violence but sometimes (laughs) people need to get punched in the face yeah it can be a wake-up call so overall Tennis knows who she is and what she is worth, and I love that about her. Mm-hmm. She seems cool. She is super cool. I love her so much. <laughs> Next, we're going to talk about Katie, our main character, or our main female character. She is confident and snarky and clever and free-spirited and very fond of not wearing a lot of clothing. <laughs> she a lot of times has her like abdomen showing and is in like tiny shorts and stuff she can be seen sunbathing in front of the produce stand which is one of our main kind of locations that you get to see on the show Mm -hmm. um is her and her brother and their two friends just kind of chatting in front of the produce stand and she's always laying out on one of those like stretch lounge chairs just okay herself regular banter between wayne and katie goes a little something like this put on some fucking clothes not my forte. Unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. <laughs> cool. Just cool. Just Katie is so confident and like embraces her womanhood and sexuality so much and it's great. And she's just like, I don't give a shit. Like if you find my lack of clothing offensive, that's your problem. And I love it. <laughs> Katie is the girl in town that everyone would fight for so she's kind of like everyone's little sister in a way so they all really care about her and just want what's best for her but she has horrible taste in men (laughs) and apparently pretty decent taste in women because as i (laughs) mentioned before katie relationship and sexuality wise is very open she's got the polyamorous relationship going on she's all about the ladies and the boys and it doesn't really matter she has a very high libido Mm -hmm. and a part of the reason why her relationship with riley and jonesy kind of fell apart was that they all found out that they were all sleeping with other people (laughs) so riley and jonesy were like you're fucking other dudes and she's like you're fucking other women i thought that this was what we had agreed upon (laughs) 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 and they were like no like goodbye i guess i don't know question mark (laughs) so that was a very weird interesting relationship (laughs) um and i've never really seen like polyamory portrayed that way on tv which i thought was really kind of interesting and same thing with showing off like the mcmurray's relationship is that it is very like open and it is showing these different relationships that are not common in media Mm -hmm. um One of the most interesting parts about Katie, in my opinion, is how she is so liberal when it comes to sex, but seems to be very guarded when it comes to, like, actually being in a relationship with people. Mm. It reminds me a lot of friends that I've had who have been kind of hurt in the past by their partners. So they're fine with having kind of surface level relationships, but as soon as it starts to get too serious, they sort of just, like, back up and, like, get scared. Um, yeah and it's something that is nice to see on tv because you do see it so regular in real life and the actress does a really good job at kind of portraying that little bit of vulnerability while still also like vulnerability doesn't necessarily make you weak like her vulnerability in that respect doesn't make her decision to be sexually liberal any less than and it's yeah yeah it's good 
She has a tough outer shell, which is I love, but she's like the soft little squishy inside, which is great. <laughs> and she's fiercely loyal and protective of her brother Wayne, and to lesser and varying extents, the rest of the residents of Letterkenny. <laughs> and so she loves her home. That's that's where she grew up. That's where she belongs. And one of the fun episodes, one of my favorite episodes where Katie gets to really shine is in season three, episode two, titled Puck Bunny. We get to see her stand up for her brother in her own way. While Wayne is dealing with an issue involving the D-Gens from upcountry, Riley and Jonesy need Katie's help with a puck bunny that has been causing problems among their senior men's hockey team. Oh. Do you know what a puck bunny is, Fonda? Nope. A puck bunny. But (laughs) puck is in, like, hockey puck? Yeah. Okay, bunny. You know, it sounds like fuck bunny, which, you know, like bunnies, rabbits (laughs) like to have sex a lot. Yeah. Is that, is that? Yep. It's, it's close. (laughs) (laughs) For all of our listeners, a puck bunny is a female ice hockey fan whose interest in the sport is primarily motivated by sexual attraction to the players rather than enjoyment of the game itself. So... Riley and Jonesy's teammates are all fighting over the attention of one puck bunny named Angie, and it is causing them to lose more. So they ask Katie to step in and get rid of her because Katie used to speak puck bunny, as she says. And it's like a lot of hockey slang terms. And she kind of picks it back up and she's like, yeah, it's a language you really have to immerse yourself in. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because it has tons of hockey slang that I have. I have looked up. Nice. Because I am not that (laughs) into (laughs) hockey. But (laughs) Katie initially declines with a not my pig, not my farm. But when she finds out it is Angie, she agrees. Because you see, Angie is in fact Wayne's ex-girlfriend. The two dated for five years starting in high school and she cheated on him and messed him up real bad. Mm -hmm. So now it's personal. (laughs) Katie intercepts Angie in the locker room where she was looking for the players and begins to talk about Wayne and the breakup. Katie speaks in a low, sensual voice, kind of hinting that she regrets to getting the chance to be with Angie. The two get very close and Angie shuts her eyes, thinking that they're going to kiss. And Katie warns her to stay away from the hockey players, then tells her to open her eyes and promptly kicks her in the crotch. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) Angie collapses to the ground, and Katie walks away, (laughs) calling Wayne to say, Hey, big brother, don't say I never done nothing for you. (laughs) Aww. (laughs) (laughs) This is not the only box kick in the show, and every time it happens, it's 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 comedy gold for me. I feel like... When done well, it can be so funny because guys get kicked in the dick all the time on TV and in movies. But, like, you never really see a girl get kicked in the box. (laughs) And I find it hilarious. One of Nick and I's favorite colloquialisms for this specific action is cunt punt. Oh, I hate the C word! (laughs) Allison! I know you hate it, but I had to say it because it's so funny. I disagree. I disagree. It's a clean pain. Love you, Fonda. I love you too. Let's continue, please. Yes. Her relationship with her brother is so sweet. Uh, He is so protective of her, but never crosses that line into possessive. He allows her to make her own decisions and will stand by her no matter what. That's nice. He also says he would trust her with just about any job before a man. We don't know much about their past, but we do know that they were not allowed to have birthday parties, which is why they go pretty crazy when it is their friend Daryl's birthday and they throw him a big party that they call super soft birthday party. And <laughs> that's one of the first episodes in, I think it's the first season and they throw their buddy a party and they get like a horse there and they make it into a unicorn and they make cupcakes Aww. and there's lots of pink and lots of shit there. And it's, it's very cute. And Daryl and Dan have like a discussion where they're just like, yeah, like this birthday party is really kind of more for them. 
because they never got to have birthday parties. And so it's it's cute, though. Aww. So I really like Katie because her personality is is so fun and she's such a great part of the show. Without her, I don't think that it would be as enjoyable because she has a bit of she adds a bit of heart and softness to the Hicks that three dudes just can't quite capture on their own. Like, I think adding that little bit of, like, femininity into the, like, very masculine kind of situation has... It does really well to, like, create that balance for good comedy. Mm-hmm. I have one more episode that I want to talk about because it kind of... It blends three of the female characters together and it's cute. It's season five, episode one, titled We Don't Fight at Weddings. I love a good wedding episode <laughs> in television. It's always great. They usually deliver pretty good. Uh, and you get to see everybody dress up and look nice. So the Hicks are invited to their friends, Ron and Dax's wedding. Unfortunately, some of the other guests are from the city. And three city guys in particular are being extremely pervy and pompous assholes who make inappropriate passes at Katie, Bonnie, and Tannis. Mm -hmm. so Tannis is there as a date with Wayne and Katie is just there because she was invited and Bonnie I believe was also invited multiple times throughout the episode Wayne has to remind everybody that we do not fight at weddings (laughs) because everybody wants to throw down like these cityots is what they call them are just getting on everybody's nerves and so Katie and Bonnie entice the three men to a hotel room where the Hicks and Tannis are waiting to beat them up. <laughs> oh. So they're not at the wedding. They are adjacent to the wedding. <laughs> adjacent to the wedding. Got it. <laughs> and then the door opens up. You see these three dudes just like sprawled out across like multiple furnitures in the hotel room. And then everybody goes back to join the rest of the wedding party. And the the episode kind of ends with the 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 grooms having their like dance to like you'd think like a romantic song or something, but no, because it's Letter Kenny and romance is strange. <laughs> and so they dance to the song Fuck the Pain Away by Peaches. <laughs> oh <laughs> Which if you if you haven't heard that song Listen to it in the context of thinking that two grooms who just got married are dancing to it. <laughs> and it will give you a whole new level of weird appreciation for it. It's got great. It. I wanted to highlight this episode because it really shows the family dynamic that the whole show has. Everyone may not be the same or even get along all the time, but they stick together when it comes to outsiders. We also get to see Katie, Bonnie, and Tannis, and all the boys dressed up, which I love seeing because they're usually just in like farming clothes or like normal everyday clothes. And so getting to see them kind of dressed up and done up nice is really fun. And we get a wild gay wedding in a show about a small town. And it reminds me a lot of the kind of that kind of hate doesn't exist mentality that we get in a show like Schitt's Creek as well, Mm -hmm. where there are people of all these different sexualities and everything in this town. And that kind of bigotry and hatred doesn't seep in because they're their family They're They are a part of Letterkenny. Mm-hmm. And so we appreciate them and we respect them no matter their differences or whatever. And so it's really sweet that it all kind of comes together and they have fun at this crazy gay wedding that I think they actually admit is for tax purposes, which is funny because oh. <laughs> these, these two gay characters are also like at the gym and they riff a lot with Riley and Jonesy. And so they're they're this funny little like quartet of comedy with these two like hyper masculine hockey players and these two like gay gym rats and it just it fits weird. <laughs> A lot of this show it doesn't make sense why it would fit, but it does and it works and it's great. <laughs> <laughs> kind of an overall collection of why I like all of the women is you may have noticed that the two episodes I chose to talk about for Tannis and Katie specifically involved them actually getting into a physical altercation. And that is because very often in the show, the men fight for all sorts of reasons from pride to honor to duty and whatever in between. But when we get to see the women fight, it always seems to be for a very good reason. Tannis was putting a Nazi in his place and Katie was getting a bit of payback for her brother 
in a way he is far too much of a gentleman to ever have considered. Oh. <laughs> so in the show, like, you really know that when the women throw down, like, shit has gotten a bit more personal. But it's nice because in the same way that when the men fight, it's over at the end. It's when the women fight, it's also over at the end. Like, they don't keep holding these grudges. They don't, like, keep being catty with each other. Yeah. Which I find can be a very big shortcoming of a lot of different shows. Stories. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Shows and stories. These characters are not perfect by any stretch. (laughs) (laughs) They all have their flaws and strengths, but at the end of the day, they're all trying to do right by the people around them. I don't think these characters were ever supposed to be idolized. Like, that's not how they're portrayed. They're not portrayed as perfect people. They're they're portrayed as people. Yeah, they're portrayed as recognizable people who you're like, I can see myself in that person or I can see my friend in that person, Mm -hmm. which... Writing characters like that and portraying them successfully is a really good way to endear them to the audience and to kind of ground the show in a way. Like, Nick talks about it all the time when he refers to something like Jackass. He remembers going to see Jackass 3D in the movie theater, and he kind of had this weird feeling of like, oh, I'm going to go hang out with my friends, the Jackass guys again. And whenever we would watch Letterkenny, because these characters are so relatable and so familiar, you feel like you're going to hang out with your friends. That's not what it is, but that's kind of the vibe that you get from the show. That's kind of the feeling that you get. And there are very few shows that have really, like, done that for me. I find it is a lot of comedy. Something like Schitt's Creek got me hard with that one. Um, <laughs> and so it's it's a very sweet, surprisingly enduring show for how like crass and ridiculous and sometimes offensive it can get but it's it's nice lastly as you can tell all of the women in this television show like to fuck (laughs) (laughs) the way that they like to fuck varies greatly and is portrayed not necessarily as a good thing but as a normal thing so it's not like oh look at this we're having these women be sexually open and all this stuff and it's just like no like women are like this women exist this way this isn't abnormal like there are women out there like this and like portrayed in such a way that you kind of connect with them and they make it so that you like you like them and they're not a joke like their sexuality like gail different her yeah attitude is 100 percent a joke because <laughs> it's so over the top but the women who are doing it at like more of like a quote-unquote normal level it's it's just what it is it is just life it is just these women being people because newsflash women have a sex drive and it is completely normal and deserves to be shown and talked about more and these women are also sex positive and you can see them a lot as the initiators and the instigators of the encounters that they have which is really nice like they are usually the ones doing the chasing rather than like the other way around which is also pretty unique and I just, I love it. I think it's great. <laughs> Aww. Yeah. So that's why I love all the ladies of Letterkenny. <laughs> They're wonderful. What are you excited about, Fonda? Oh, man. Allison, there's a lot going on in the world of, <laughs> of things. So what I'm excited about right now is actually my husband Adam got me into a new D&D podcast. It's called Not Another D&D Podcast. Okay. <laughs> Funny enough, and their whole slogan is like welcome to the campaign after the campaign, right? Cuz yeah. like it's like, hey, here's another <laughs> D&D <laughs> podcast after a campaign you probably just finished. Yeah. Um so there's the dungeon master is Brian Murphy. And the three main uh, players are Emily Axford, Jake Hurwitz, and Caldwell Tanner. A lot of them were part of, like, the College Humor Days. And uh, two of them, Brian and Emily, are part of Dimension 20, which is another, like, D&D thing um, Mm -hmm. that people might be familiar with. Anyways, I just started listening to their second campaign because there's only six episodes out and I actually find it quite funny and enjoyable I like it it's only like an hour and a little bit so kind of like the adventure zone it's quite short um but they have a guy (laughs) named Henry (laughs) 
And he acts like an old man and he's a fighter. And every time he does something, he's like, I'm back. He's just like, <laughs> and he's just like, I'm just like, oh, you're a person. My sciatic. <laughs> my back. And he's talking about like hot plates and he likes potato skins. And it's just like, I don't know. I just, it's just funny and it kind of has been something I'm enjoying listening to when there's just like rough days. Yeah, I love a bunch of other stuff, but there's like dumb fandom discourse happening and a lot of stuff I like and I don't find any content like there's no one I follow on social media and stuff that like none other D&D podcast. So when I listen to it, I can just listen to it, enjoy it. And like, that's it. So I'm really into that. right Yeah, now. that's mm-hmm. nice. Sometimes it's nice to have something kind of separate away from like fandoms for yourself. Yeah, and get it can get a little tough, especially when it's something that people do connect a lot with, and then they put a lot of their feelings into. But everybody at the end of the day has to remember that that's that creator's thing. Yeah, like you as a consumer don't necessarily get to tell them what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't like it, then don't consume, consume it. it. Yeah, exactly. Well, dear listeners, you can find us wherever podcasts can be found. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already, especially reviewing and giving us rates. It really helps other people find us. You can follow us on Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram at WenchBenchPod. And if you want to reach out, you can send us an email at WenchBenchPod at gmail.com. All of the art for the wedge bench was designed by the wonderful Tessa Joyce Freakin. And you can find her on Twitter and Instagram at Werval. She's dope. She's awesome. Love her very much. Um, anyways, thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you soon. Peace. Wait, how do, how do they say goodbye in Letterkenny? Oh, probably just bye oh okay it's one of those it's one of those pitfalls that you get in a lot of comedies you know where like they'll hang up the phone without saying goodbye it's just like the conversation's over and then you end it oh <laughs> and it's just like nobody says goodbye i don't i don't particularly there's not anything oh okay but i was gonna be i guess it'd be pitter patter pitter patter <laughs> <laughs> to be fair <laughs> I don't like that. Get get rid of what I just said. I didn't like how it sounded out of my mouth.